0: Hello, and welcome to Horror Movies and Shit. I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is...
1: Jim's unpaid psychiatrist, Mark.
0: Amateur psychiatrist, (laughs) not unpaid. (laughs) Mark, why did you call us here today? Uh, Jim, this is your your doing. It is,
1: it is, you're right. Why don't you let our audience know our special guest?
0: We have a special guest today. With us today from Strange Films is August Aguilar. Hi, August.
2: Hello, hello. Hi. Thank you guys so you? much for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm doing, doing very well.
0: Thank you. So, August, Mark's going to run the interview because he tends to do a lot a lot better research than I do, but I do have some notes. Sure. Okay, no problem. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, August, I hear you're into movies. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? Really? Yeah,
1: so so thanks very much for uh, joining us. Um, we're super into uh, up-and-coming filmmakers, established filmmakers, any of the authors, anybody in uh, the horror world. that uh, you know, we'd love to interview, promote, do anything we can to uh, you know uh, get, get the word out there, plus have a fun little discussion.
0: That's sure, right. Our, yeah. three, our three fans absolutely love this yes. shit
2: both of our fans will adore you (laughs) well thank you so much to all four of you guys and and uh no but seriously you know it, it it helps a lot it means a lot especially to creators and filmmakers like myself who have people like you who are in our corner supporting us and sharing our work promoting and uh you know wanting to talk to us and kind of let out be able to express some of those nitty gritty details about what we do and everything. So it means a lot with what, what you guys are doing. And, uh, so I, I'm very thankful and appreciative of it. It,
1: it. It's really amazing. Like, you know, if you go back before the era of social media, you know, the, the grassroots stuff is harder to, uh, you know, come across and things like that. But now it's just open to everyone, which is fantastic.
2: Yes. Yes. We're, we're in a, probably the most, um, defining or exciting time i should say uh of kind of as being as far as being like a creative i mean cuz you know you don't have to wait for some sort of like hollywood like news reporter to get a hold of your stuff you don't have to wait for hollywood even necessarily pick you up or you don't have to wait for your local paper to you know cover you or something like that it's all about social media it's about uh podcasting and the network you can provide online and everything and uh, the community you create online and that's very exciting uh, as far as the opportunity itself goes. So as long as you're consistent with content and expressing yourself truly and, and you know, communicating with the people who do support you, uh, that can go a long way, and that's really cool.
1: And, and I think there's been a certain amount of freedom given, um, you know, for likes of YouTube, uh, with mm-hmm. the likes of, like, Amazon, where people can publish their own books, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's more avenues out there. Um you know, which is great, but you know, sometimes it's like there's so much content, <laughs> it gets a little overwhelming. So,
2: yeah, um, it, there, there is like it almost feels like there's too much now in a sense. But, um, from you know, I hear a lot of, when well, I listen to a lot of different like people in the industry, whether they're filmmakers or comedians or you know, podcasters or whoever. And the thing is, like, there's always going to be enough room at the table, you know, it's just oh, yeah. there's always going to be enough like to go around for everybody who's creating content. It's just a matter of how you can keep that audience uh, retention um, and how you engage with the audience and what kind of content and value you're bringing to them. And uh, you know, not everyone's going to have exactly the right fit for it, but there's also going to be some people who stand out and uh, it's just ever growing, man. So it's really cool to be in this time and kind of plant your seed and kind of see how it grows. It's
1: kind of like I always think because I've got, like, ADHD whenever I'm trying to figure out what to watch sometimes. So, you know, I'll, I'll go through all my streaming sites. Uh, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. It's mm-hmm. like a total first world problem. I've got too much content to go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Too much that's content and too little attention span. <laughs> well, that's, that's my <laughs> in a nutshell. So, August, you made a big announcement over on your podcast
2: this week. <clears throat> Do you want to share uh, yeah. that for
0: anybody who has not
2: uh listened yet? Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess my big announcement, which I've been pretty much pushing um on my socials as well, is uh, you know, that I took the de- I made the decision to uh leave my corporate job and actually go for go for all these uh creative endeavors, uh filmmaking, podcasting, and YouTube, uh content creation in general, um and and kind of go for that full time and hopefully build a business for myself and work for myself in the long run. And that was a big, big decision. I, yeah, I announced on my podcast, um, and started posting reels about it on socials. And, uh, it's been a very interesting week <laughs> so far. Uh, cause I, uh, I still have one more week left of my job after this. And, right. um, but I've gotten a lot of, I honestly, I'd say 90 to hundred percent or 80 to 90%. I've gotten, um, You know great support and and congratulations and stuff about that decision and uh very excited for me you know especially people who know strange films and know myself like very very supportive behind me uh and then you get that that other small percentage of people uh even close friends or family who have been like you know really unapproving and really concerned and you know having really hard difficult conversations as Who's trying to make me you know, feel like uh, I'm making the biggest mistake of my life, which uh, which I'm trying to tell people like, you know, this is uh, my life and something I want to do. The journey I feel like I, I need to take at this time. And if it's a, you know, if it ends up not working out like that's that's my journey to figure out, not not theirs. So it's. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's uh, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. So. <laughs> that's fantastic. Congratulations, so
0: that, that
2: is, by the way. Yeah, that's think, an amazing it, accomplishment. And it's got to be a scary leap to take oh yeah i mean you know i'm not i wouldn't lie and say like oh yeah no everything's gonna be fine like i mean it because there's like i have a great motivation and and excitement behind everything but yeah i'm nervous you know like i still have to figure out things and you know make sure i'm getting enough significant like income to take care of myself and all these other just little you know life things all the life check marks that you need to take care of in your life but there's you know, there's like that bigger calling that I have to kind of reach out and go for that I've always felt. I mean, the reason why I started this journey to begin with is because I felt it back, you know, almost seven years ago and I quit my uh, news position to go for it. And it's just kind of like it was this overwhelming sensation uh, again to go for it now. And uh, because I kind of felt myself losing motivation, losing some of that spark in me. And it was just kind of like, man, like I need to I, I need to put all cards on the table and just, you know, go for this as, as hard as I possibly can, especially now that I've learned so much over the years. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I wouldn't say that, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I like, think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely having to figure things out. I'm going to, I have to hustle really hard. It's not going to be just, you know, staying up late, sleeping in, playing video games all day. It's, it's going to be a work. It's just going to be my own terms and my own kind of work.
0: And, and it is funny that you, you do see, a, especially with creative endeavors, you know, like what you're embarking on. A lot of people do think it's going to be a lot of sleeping in and playing video games until it just happens. They don't right. realize that there's there's 10 to 15 years of of really hard work ahead to make that big break happen.
2: Yeah. um I think that's what people are giving me like a bad rep. I mean, the people who have not been so, so supportive, I think they're just thinking like, like, oh, I, I'm i going to make another film and everything's going to be all right. Like I'm going to go Hollywood or something like that. And that's not the, that's not, that's not reality. It's the reality is instead of getting up at 6am and working eight hours for the day, five days out of the week and spending 50% of my time to someone else and something else that I'm miserable. in I'd rather get up at five or 6am work that eight hours for myself and do the things I need to do and hustle the way I need to do. Um, and, Constantly progress. What I'm actually working on and what makes me happy, and I could stay up late and do that thing. I mean, I can balance all. It's like different pockets of time during the day because you have all the time in the day to dedicate to. You know, whether it's family or work or whatever. But it's at my pace and not so structured and uh, you know, constrained by this company or a corporate job that I feel like I have to uh, live by. So. Um, it, it's it's going be a lot of work i mean i'm i'm not like underestimating that at all i just i just need people to understand like I, i'm ready for that you know and i'm excited for that
1: really it's like start really it's like starting any um, business by yourself right so um you, you know people you know look at that and say well you know you don't have to work for the man anymore but mm-hmm. what they don't realize is you have to put in a lot more work but the positive side about that is it's work that you want to do right
2: have a passion. Sure. so mm-hmm. that, you know if you enjoy what you're doing it's not work
1: right
2: yeah exactly you know and i think and i'm in this generation i'm in like this middle part of my generation where you know i'm 30 years old so i've been conditioned pretty much my whole life to like you know go to school go to college get a job get married and then retire at 65 you know and like all these things like you know like that's like people older you know my our parents and and grandparents and stuff like that everyone is thinks like that's the way you have to do it you know but what for me it's like you know for me and people that are younger than me a lot of us are thinking i don't think that's how it has to be you know (laughs) like i don't think that's how it has to like you don't have to be miserable working you don't have to be working 20 years and just absolutely miserable and just getting by and faking a smile and just saying like oh well and I, I had to had to have stability and then and, and all this, uh, you know, security and all this stuff. But like, I think you can find a way to bring yourself happiness and do things that you actually like to do and want to do and not feel like work, even though you are working, you, maybe even 10 times harder than what you would do at your corporate job. So um, I just I'm just trying to change that narrative just a little bit and and just kind of let people understand, like, this is OK, what I'm trying to do being an entrepreneur like is a lot more common now than it was 20 years ago.
0: Um, That's true.
2: So it's just uh, there's so many people my age, even younger, uh, who are doing this in their own ways and being very successful at it. And I just kind of look at that and say, why can't I be that kind of guy? So I'm just uh, taking it one day at a time. I'm very excited. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting journey.
1: Jim, uh, when will this podcast be profitable enough that we could quit our jobs?
0: <laughs> well, we'd have to monetize it first and start recording ads. Are you ready to do that legwork, Mark?
1: Uh, I am perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: We'd have to have more than four listeners first, <laughs> including Paul, um, yeah, including my mom.
1: So, August, obviously, you've got a you know a, a passion for movie making. So, uh, what are some of the early movies uh, that that inspired you? <laughs>
2: You know, that's always a tough question because I really didn't like, um, you know, I I always knew I wanted to tell stories when I was younger. I was always like a writer first. And excuse me, um, whenever I was like in high school, I started like dabbling with like the movies, like movie film, like trying to edit and shoot and stuff like that. And then college is really where I found my calling. Um, But I'll say like, I I answered this question on Instagram uh, just like last week and I think the two biggest movies that really kind of excite me the most when I was just like a kid was uh, Wizard of Oz and E.T. And I mm-hmm. think just because the Wizard of Oz, obviously, for me, is like it's in my top five movies of all time. And I think it's just more because that movie was such ahead of its time, I feel like, you know, where it's, you know, you got this black and white, like sepia look. And, and then it goes to like full blown color and like this amazing, you know, adaptation from the story where it's just so colorful and all these characters and this wild story going on and whatnot. I just thought that was really fascinating. I always like really, really loved like the world, you know, I was seeing on screen. I always thought that'd be cool to just like make something like that. And E.T. I think is just kind of the same, like I mean it's it's like it's sci-fi, but it's also kind of got like a big heart in there, you know, mm-hmm. like you're you're feeling things and you've got really great characters and you've got E.T. who's just like this larger than life figure and So I think those two movies really resonate with me. But, um, you know, growing up after that, uh, especially as I got into horror, you know, I really started really diving into like the 80s uh, slasher films. And those have kind of been my biggest inspiration kind of moving forward with strange films. So, uh, you know, Michael Myers and Halloween is like my all time favorite, like horror movie. And uh, John Carpenter is the biggest inspiration. I feel like going behind a lot of my work. So just kind of I'd say I'm, I'm I'm a big mixed bag. But definitely, like, 80s uh, movies in general and 80s slashers and horror. Uh, and then, like, classics like E.T. and Wizard of Oz and stuff like that. Like
1: Carpenter's my favorite director. He just, like, his late 70s through to early 90s stuff was just untouchable, I think.
2: Right, yeah.
1: Uh, Jim, do you have a question?
0: No, I was just going to say, Mark, he likes slashers like he likes slashers. so um you know that's a good little segue so um uh
1: jim i believe you watched august's uh movie on youtube he comes to kill
0: i did Uh,
1: so obviously very heavily uh inspired by halloween
2: yes right yeah
1: um so do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came together and just any general thoughts and anything around that the making of it and um, how it's been going since it was released and everything, everything else
2: uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, it's a long uh, winded answer, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll buckle in and go for it and stop oh, me if you have any questions. You, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about time.
0: We generally, you know, ramble a lot. So
2: okay, it's cool. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so I'll back up from the beginning of like, I'd say, what was, so last year, 2022. So beginning of like 2022, I was like in the very early stages of trying to prepare like my next film. Um, and I was at the time I was partnering up with a guy, uh, David Brandon, who he runs cinema scare studios and he's, uh, you know, he just like me and him were like just talking ideas at this point. And, you know, it kind of came down to this idea of like, want to make like a slasher film and whatnot. Um, but it took me a long time to even get like a first draft. We, we were talking all these different ideas and everything about how it would start what was the even the premise and what was going on but it was kind of probably like between like april and june of 2022 i finally sat down enough to like write out a first draft and that first draft of he comes to kill was like uh i can't remember it was called something way else um but and 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 it was just really about like this guy who just kind of runs through town And starts killing people, essentially, you know, and it was going to be a short film. I just wanted it to be like 20, 30 minutes long. And um, what happened with that was as I was writing it and I kind of got like a 25, 30 page script, a couple drafts done. I just looked at it and it was like I wasn't really satisfied with it. I wasn't even like really fully into it. I just like knew something was like off or wrong or something about it. But I was happy I just had something written out. So, um, kind of finally I came up with the title. He comes to kill. I came up with the character, uh, name Stanley elk as, as the slasher. And, and I had this draft that I was like, kind of like confident enough to go ahead and ask for casting. But like, like in my mind, I was also like, ah, I just don't know if this is really like it. So, uh, I went ahead and put the casting call out and I announced the film and this was probably like, I guess like July now. and this whole project, I mean, it was crazy how, when I announced it, usually when I announce something on strange films, we get a lot of attention, like looking people who are wanting to be a part of the movie, uh, cast crew, whatever. Um, but this for, for whatever reason, this one just like blew up even more. And I caught it. I had like over a hundred different submissions, uh, with actors, uh, locally and regionally, uh, some even like way out of state and, and whatnot. Like, like in the up north and like new york or philly or uh uh la so i was having to like i was like overwhelmed i was like oh my god yeah, because like uh it was just like i had to go through all those messages through messenger and email and and, and everything uh comments so anyways um i start kind of start casting the, the project and i'm moving along but what happens with and this is something i've learned as i've been doing this for a while as i've as i've cast people and talked to them on the phone or watch their auditions or something i kind of see like something about them that makes me like oh that's what that character is really about you know like oh that character i want to write that character more prone to their personality now like now i couldn't see the character in the beginning but now i do so i started rewriting the characters a little bit but sometimes those rewrites kind of have to change the setting of the story and also practical practicality of the locations. I kind of had to start rewriting some of the locations, so I ended up casting this whole film from every character, and then I rewrote the whole film. And oh, wow. yeah, and I rewrote the whole film. Like, I mean, I had like White Lavender Jones. He's a big part of the movie. Um, He's a great, out- great guy, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, he's amazing. He was. Uh, fine.
1: I would like to see a movie with his, him as a protagonist.
2: Yeah, we've got some stuff that we're hopefully bringing him back on some projects. So um, I,
1: I feel he would make
2: like a great kind of Loomis type character. Oh, yeah, that's a good cool. idea. Yeah, or,
1: um, even even more so, he reminded me of the bounty hunter in Jason Goes to Hell.
2: Really? Oh, okay. Okay. See,
1: yeah, and he and for me. A- he- quirky you, you know just very just very you know kind of funny and quirky and uh, charismatic on screen see I went, I
0: went more the way of the the priest from dead alive sure yeah yeah i, I think, got I, think the- I got those vibes heavy and i thought that would be a great type of role
2: well i think and, and bruce usually listens to all these podcasts so if he's listening now i think one thing that bruce is um uh, really great at is he will dive into any kind of lane that you guide him direct him into and he's just really really good at natural chemistry natural like facial expressions and and really gives it his all on yeah. all these things but i'm very excited to work with him in the, again in the future i uh, definitely have been talking with him about numerous different projects coming up but you know the reason originally that white lavender jones scene uh tying back into this is that that whole house party scene was actually supposed to be a punk rock band in a garage just practicing and it was supposed to be just like four guys and a band just like jamming out and stanley elk ends up uh coming up you know and and killing the guys there uh Mm. and one of the the lead actresses was actually supposed to be one of the girlfriends of the lead singer and and she like like she's dating like the lead singer and she comes in and you know, it's like some of the guys go away and whatnot, but Stanley Elk ends up like going there out on his way to the barn that, so it was, almost, it was supposed to be like a completely different dynamic, but while Jones hit me up uh, and at this time I had him on my live show. So we're been friends now and he, he hit me up and was like, um, I want to be, is there any way I can be in this movie? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm shooting in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I can't fly out. Uh, it's very, you know, limited budget. Um, I got to do it on these dates, but uh, if you want to come out here, you can. I mean, I don't know what the else to tell you. He said I'll be there, so I was like, "All right." So I, re- I I scrapped that whole scene. I rewrote the whole scene based off of White Lavender Jones. So I knew it was gonna be White Lavender Jones. I studied his music. I studied his personality. I, me and him talked quite a bit, and I just was like, "I'm gonna make a house party, like Halloween, like '80s kind of or, or disco kind of theme." And, you know, we're going to have him perform. So it will be kind of like a music video, but at the same time it cuts to like the horror, like, you know, in the scene. So, um, so that's kind of how that evolved. So like all these scenes were changing as I was casting characters. And, um, and I had to change locations and all these stuff. But then I ran into the problem of, I cast, um, I think two or, I know at least two main characters in the film that was very integral to the story. And, one dropped out like right after he got cast. Oh, and and after, right after I announced it on, publicly. I, what I like to do is I like to promote everyone who's being, you know, a part of the project. You know, I give right. them their own social posts. I promote it, all the stuff to hype everything up. And I made this whole announcement. I talked to him like seven times and everything. And then he and he, you know, bailed. And he said that. <laughs> this is just funny to me, but he said that God told him he couldn't do it or something like that, you know? So oh. yeah, it was, he said he usually prays before he gets his roles and he didn't pray for this one or something. So it was, it was just a mess, but, uh, but either way, you know, whatever he wants to do, it just made me mad that he made me waste my time, you know? So, yeah, but that going um, to make a great trivia trivia question, you know, when you do blow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. We'll come back to this and make that happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I had to cast that. I had to recast that, and then like another main character. He actually shot the first scene of the movie the first day of shooting. Told me he was good for the next two uh, shoots, were which was two weeks apart. Um, so you know he had plenty of time, and he already booked them for me. And then he uh, bailed on both of those the day of, or the day, a few days before on one of them, and the day of on the last one. So I had to like quickly. I mean, like, I mean, I had to change everything. I had to rewrite the. script rewrite the scene, change a character here, add another character there. So that's kind of how all this like behind the scenes stuff was happening. It was like just like it was almost like one thing after another. Like it was almost like forcing or challenging me not to make this movie. And uh I just finally like I just like no matter what threw at me what anything threw at me, I just like I fixed it. I I subbed someone in, I rewrote this or that, and I just went ahead and I had to shoot it. so I shot it in six weeks, uh six weekends, every Saturday, except for one weekend, I shot a Saturday and Sunday. And, oh, wow. um, you know, I just booked all those locations. I got everyone together, had some people from Atlanta come down, had white lavender come from Texas. Uh, the rest were pretty much all local. And, um, you know, my dad played uh, Stanley Elk. So I had him booked as the, the killer and we just kind of we just kind of did it. You know, it was like all the days were probably anywhere from four to eight hours of shooting. Maybe one was like nine. Um, And then uh, once we got it all done, I just I I think I edited the whole thing about a month and a half and I had it released. We had a premiere in November at our local uh, indie theater, Central Cinema, and we packed the thing out. I mean, it was like every seat was booked except for maybe one or two. And um, it was an amazing experience. And I mean, I'm super grateful for the whole thing. It's been a very, very exciting project now that I can kind of see it all come together and I learned a lot from it, not only from the production side and the uh, the writing and the, um, you know, casting and everything from that. But like uh, I learned a lot from it as a story. I kind of didn't know what I was doing, writing it. And these characters, I kind of just had a vague idea. But now going into like part two of the movie, which I want to do later on, I really understand kind of what I created. And I have a really great launching pad from there. Yeah, you do. I I have to say, I I enjoyed this film. So I heard
0: about this film through Jordan, who is in the film, who we had on our on our uh, podcast a while back. Yeah, um, I listened to that
2: show, by the way. It was great.
0: No, thanks. Um, Except for, you know, the first 20 minutes that I didn't record. Right.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) 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 Um,
0: So he he uh, clued us into he comes to kill and we started looking it up. And you got you a lot of positive response from that film. So it, yeah. it definitely made me um, interested to to see what was going to come. And I got to be honest, I, I'm i very hard on films, as Mark will tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that's, that's an understatement. I, right? <laughs> and I uh, I have one one criticism of this film. Just oh, one. Sit, sit down on August. <laughs> All right, let's do so, it. The scene where Stanley gets his mask in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. It drove me absolutely insane the way the clerk was reshelving books. Like, it made it made me so angry.
1: <laughs> now, um, th- j- just to put this in perspective, August. So, uh, what Jim will do is he w- he will watch a movie, and if he doesn't like how somebody's hair is dyed, he'll knock a couple of stars off it. I have sure. never done that.
0: Never done that. Don't allow Jim. All kidding aside, I was really impressed. I I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to. I thought it was a lot of fun. And the scene where the maniacs were let out, or or the you know the the criminals or from yeah. the institution, the guy in the nylons with all with the buttons across his mouth. Oh, I've never yeah. been so creeped out or turned on in my life. <laughs> that was so weird.
1: I, so August, uh, welcome to my therapy sessions. <laughs>
2: I love that statement. Creeped out and turned on at the same time. yeah <laughs> well, The Gimp uh, reminded me of Decker in Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I have to give a shout out, man. Like, because Zach, uh, oh, his last name is killing me right now. But uh, uh, he actually that that little he, it, that's actually kind of like an Easter egg because Zach he he plays buttons that that's the character's name buttons. Right. And he's based out in like somewhere in Virginia. He, he, he drove five hours to get there that day. Um, and same thing with the makeup artist, Carla, who joined us for that day. She, they both rode together and drove five hours to hang out with that, with us for that day. And Zach wow. was the guy, um, in that scene, the maniac scene. So there's a guy who's like, as the the guard is walking, uh, there's a guy who's kind of like holding a little doll and he's like, you know, laughing hysterically and then as yeah. the like the detective's running through you know the asylum and he's the he's the maniac that like s- he's trying to like stop him you know he's like ah, he's like oh, oh yeah. Crazy. yeah yeah so that's Zach and, okay but Zach has this alternative like like character that he plays he does he because he runs or he's an actor in a um like a haunted attraction every year okay and uh in in Virginia and he plays his character buttons. But what he does also outside the haunted attractions, he does like live shows like every week or something like that. And he dresses up as buttons on this live show. And he's like, just, he just like, he's crazy. Like he'll talk on, he'll, he'll dress up in this buttons character. And he just like, he has like blood and crazy shit all over him. And he's, uh, he just talks to the Facebook live and he's just like, you know, saying crazy things and laughing and he's answering questions and comments on the, on the, the feed and everything. But what happened was a lot, la- like it was like 2021. I was, uh, I was just up on Facebook one night and I saw somehow I saw it and I was like, what the hell is this? Cause it's very jarring, <laughs> you know, it's yep. like a really wild looking character. And yep. I was like, what the hell is this? So I, um, I messaged him and I was like, dude, like you're what you're doing. Is incredible, you know. Right. I was like, I'm a filmmaker. I love horror movies. I'm a, fi- I, I make horror movies. I want to get you in a movie, and he was like, Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Da da da. And I was like, No, I want to make a movie just about you. Like, I want to do a Buttons movie. Like, I, how do we make this happen? And one, you know, that's me on a probably half. You know, I was drunk or something, messing with him one night, and, and you know, I didn't get to actually make the movie, but we Damn stay in it. contact, right? So. We talked, we, we would t- touch base every once in a while, but he reached out to me whenever I put the casting call out He said, Hey, I would love to be a part of this. Even as an extra I said, dude, I'm in Knoxville. I can't travel anywhere for this shoot. Um, you know, I know you're kind of like five, six hours away. He said, I'll come to you. No problem. I said, dude, if you come to me, I will make the best time. I will make like the most out of your time spent with us. I'll have you as an extra, bring that fucking buttons costume you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know I have to have it in a film right. so so yeah that's what we did we had him made up first we did all the stuff with him you know uh, outside the costume but once we like were're doing that one shot I was like dude just yeah cause he was so stoked you know so we had the buttons this a little cameo and Easter egg yeah. and and it made me like I was so happy to have that and and have him a part of the film itself and we had a great time he definitely wants to work with us again. Uh, any time, but I'm now, like, after doing that, I still, like, even just recently, like, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about him again, I was like, I, st- I still gotta make that Buttons movie, so hey, we might, we might be doing that in the future, I just gotta work it out with him, but we might do that. I, I am there for that, <laughs> well, that, that know, could be a lot of fun. Years ago. Um, so
1: hopefully he listens and, you know, hears uh, Jim's comments.
0: <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have no shame.
1: <laughs> what i what say about uh, you know that scene, I, I felt so bad for that reporter. Like,
0: oh yeah, you know, oh yeah. Thinking,
2: hey, go into the <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what's, yeah, well, running around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, what's funny about that is I used to work in the news, so yeah. I kind of, I kind of like, I have a lot of experience in that same exact kind of scenario, but not like obviously maniacs running around me, but like they would send me out. To cover like really, really uncomfortable situations, like really like I mean, like house fires and with their families standing out front, you know, or like car wrecks with like people hurt in the background or, you know, cops trying to tell me to get the hell out of there or something. So like, you know, I was like always sent to like these really uncomfortable situations. So I was like, I want a reporter here to be like, you know, just to be in the midst of this chaos but what i didn't account for <laughs> what i didn't account for was our actress stephanie who i love her she's such a great supporter and friend and and she did a great job but she i think i think i actually made her uncomfortable because i just like i was like all right like i'm a very unorthodox filmmaker i don't really block or anything like that i just say all right let's go and and so and whenever i start whenever i pulled her aside to do this scene she waited around like 3 4 hours before we did that scene and right. When I pulled her aside, I was like, "All right, we're going to shoot your scene," and she's like, "Okay, so, well, are we going to do this or this?" I'm like, no, nope, just uh, just uh, read, your, you know, go off your lines," and I'm going to have everyone around you just kind of doing some things. And she was like, "Uh, okay," and and like I think it was such an um, like everything going on in the background is so unscripted. I just and I told them all individually scare her, you know, like do <laughs> something, like just like like be weird in the background or scare her or do something like so a lot of those like reactions and i think some of the 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 moments where she's like a little hesitant on saying things is is like really like actually like happening in real life and and i actually had to cut that scene down quite a bit because i had a whole like god i had a whole bit like giant amount of dialogue for that screen to really kind of bring backstory to kind of set the tone and all these things but she was having a hard time like reciting all of that and and especially with the pacing and stuff so i was like right. ah just just get to the point let's just say this 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 and and you know do it in a in this kind of pace and we'll and we'll be fine you know no worries uh so i st- there's a couple things staged in that but the others are just like really wild like you know background <laughs> stuff going on and and, and she i think couple of those moments she's like really actually caught off guard and she just kind of after it was all done she's like okay well is that all i was like yeah that's all she's okay i gotta go i was like all right so it was uh it's just funny but uh, that's um, funny because one of the questions i was going to
0: ask was about your directing style and i can see you uh take a lot of cues from bill friedkin
2: oh uh yeah i'm not familiar with that actually I um, I am
0: that is the right director right Mark for the exorcist William Freakin from yeah. the Exorcist so oh, he, okay. he liked to scare his his people like he would have gunshots go off randomly when he needed a startled oh, um, wow. reaction from them or um, the scene where at the end of the movie where the priest is giving the the last rites after Father Damien falls down the stairs he he got tired of reshooting so he walked up to the priest who was a real priest and said, do you trust me? And he says yes, and he just cold-cocked him, so when the guy's shaking, it's because he's so angry, Whoa. and the tremor in his voice is because he's so, he's fuming. Wow. So, so you wouldn't get away with that stuff now. Not no, anymore, no. Not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I And I'll let say, and I'll say that, like, I'm not, I'm not all the time, like, as chaotic as that, as far as, like, oh, we'll just scare that actress, or something like that, you know, but I do find, like, I do find very, very unique opportunities as we're shooting. So if I see something cool in the background or if I see something interesting that we can utilize or or an actor does something that is like different from what I wrote or they have something, you know, they're just like just something in the air is going on. Then I'll I'll lean into it and I say, no, you know, screw the script, go with that. Or you see that over there. Let's try to play with that. Or, you know, let's like I'm very, very trying to be aware of my surroundings and the opportunities that my characters and cast and crew and everything around me presents me, because I just think that adds a little bit of a new and raw element to the film that is, that will actually make the film better than what I originally wrote.
0: Oh, that's fair, And you can see a lot of the genuine reactions in the film. So that it does
2: come through.
1: Thank yeah. I, I thought the, the acting was very good. Yeah. From all the leads.
2: Yeah, so- we had a great cast all around. Um, I mean, I'm super proud of everyone that's that was a part of the film, uh, and it's such an ensemble cast. I quickly realized as I was making that this film that this movie wasn't really so much about Stanley Elk, but it's about all the characters surrounding Stanley Elk, Very and um, it just it just kind of what I love watching this movie, rewatching it is like, there's just, there's so many great characters like Blake, the guard. He's an amazing, like creep, you know, he is. He is very creepy. Yeah. You've got, uh, and that's shout out Blake best, man. Like, and and I have his book as an Easter egg in the bookstore scene. So, uh, Jake, you know, Jake and Celeste, they're, they're an actual couple. They're based out in Atlanta. They're filmmakers themselves. I, uh, I, you know, I love working with them and Jake just brought this huge, really hysterical performance you know for that bookstore scene uh right. jordan obviously he became a fan favorite he brought the most intensity i think of the entire film with his his acting and the most probably the dedication and um you who know was I, the, who, who was the uh the the cop he was great. Yeah, that's go and i was about to mention him as well because he he was actually supposed to be like so The chief, uh, so the chief Sanders' role, kind of going back to where I had to recast things and change things up uh, because things, you know, people were dropping out. Joe was actually supposed to play the bartender, who Bing Bing Fu, my buddy Bing, played uh, in the film. So when I had to change things up, I said, "Well, Joe, do you want to play Chief Sanders?" He said, "Yes, absolutely." But Chief Sanders was supposed to have a very minor role, kind of like how the Deputy Hughes character is in the movie. He was supposed to kind of be the guy that michael mathis uh character kind of reports to and they have like a lot of dialogue and stuff like that going on and chief sanders is supposed to be kind of pretty much hanging out in the office area all the scenes that he was in but that didn't work out so i had to change things up so i ended up making chief sanders the guy who's hunting stanley elk down so i and i had to change that right on the fly we shot the last scene of the movie uh on our second or, th- or on our third shoot so i had to change that ending which Ultimately, had to make me change the rest of the movie in the beginning, in the middle. Uh, so I brought Joe to the last, you know, for that day of shooting. And we wrote I, I wrote his character as the guy who's hunting Stanley Elk down, having the showdown. So that made me kind of reframe his character into like this cop that was like maybe like a washed up cop who came from a big city. He's he's got a Coke problem. Yeah, he's all crazy. You know, he lives in a small town, but he's trying to prove to himself and to the small town that he can take down the big the boogeyman, you know, and it, it's just wild, you know, and he did such a freaking great job. He's so funny. I mean, it is hysterical watching him and working with him. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's I know it's seen on screen as well. So, Joe, I, I love that guy to death. He's so great. I, I do have to say I did love the deputy
0: snark. That was, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) That last, that little snarky last part of him going, or maybe it's the coke. That was all improv, too. uh, Jeff did that on the fly. I was like, dude, we have to use that. (laughs) That was was a
0: great line. Yeah, so good. So, I don't know. Mark, do you have anything else you want to talk about with regards to uh, He Comes to Kill?
2: Uh, No,
0: I
1: think we can uh, see what. Uh, August, your upcoming projects are. Well, first well, though,
0: I want to talk about something else because I, uh, I I sort of stalked your YouTube channel a little bit today. Oh, so thank you. I,
2: <laughs> I
0: I started this Center City film series. I think there's what ten videos in that in the playlist from what I saw. Oh yeah, um, I, I only got to watch the first one, and that was that was pretty good. I I, I can't wait to finish that little that little series because the the woman I, I think is what you call her in the credits. Yeah, like th- that's an interesting character. I really she want to is. get to know her better.
2: OK, so you watched the original Center City, like um, not the spinoffs, just the, mm-hmm. the, the original yeah. one. Yeah. OK, so yeah, so we started that movie. That was my second film I've ever done. And um, I love that movie so much. It's like I, I kind of it's it kind of have it as like my Mona Lisa of, of my films because it, it's just like it was such a chaotic thing that we did at the time. But, and I didn't really know what I was doing, but it came out so beautifully. It and did. I really love that movie. Um it, especially because it's not like such a horror film. It's it's a, kind of a crime, it's bizarre, it's it's um film noir, it's jazz, yeah. and it shows a city beautifully. So so that movie came out in 2017. And um what happened was we got so excited about that movie and we had a lot of great like accomplishments from that movie we got recognized from the philadelphia film society we got picked up in a lot of festivals we won a couple festivals um we kind of made our names for ourselves in philly and people were like wanting to be a part of it so me and um frank my my dad in philly um frank aguilar we that's his baby as far as like writing and kind of producing and i come up and shoot and, and direct it but um we just kind of had this crazy idea. It's like, why don't we make a like a spinoff film like uh, sell, Butch? Because Butch ended up becoming becoming like this fan favorite character. Yeah, so I like, can see we? that. Yeah. So why don't, we're like, why don't we just like do something else with Butch, you know, like do like a spinoff. Like he's like celebrating the events of like sell, Center City, you know, and it just could be like a party scene because at the time we were working with a band, too, who wanted to do music video. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, we can get the, the bands of music in there and all this stuff. And uh, we had this bar we could shoot at. So that's how Butch came about. And Butch is, uh, again, kind of like celebrating the events of Center City. So it takes place right after. And the driver's in there and everything. But what what happened after that was like, well, why don't we make a spinoff film for every character? And we were like, we had to set up why this all happened anyways. So The Woman came about. And The Woman has her own movie called The Woman. And uh, it's the prequel to Center City. It sets up the events of center city. So it's about her meeting the queen who is like kind of the the big boss of the town and kind of why she's going out and doing these hits and all these things. And it's, um, it's a pretty good film. I mean, as far as storyline goes and it really sets up everything. Uh, but what happened was we couldn't get the original driver back from center city. So we had to recast, but instead of recasting like the actual like driver, we ended up making like, the brother of the driver who was also a driver. And that's, that's like stated in the film too. So the driver is another movie. So that's four films in the series. Um, and, and the driver movie picks up like, like a few weeks after the events of center city. So it's kind of like leading up to the, the finale, which is center city two, which is what, um, I just shot. I finally, finally finished the last scenes of shooting that movie, uh, back in December, um center city 2 is going to be released this year in 2023 um but the the kind of the antidote of that movie is we started shooting that movie in 2019 mm-hmm. so wow. covid's happened we shot 2019 early 2020 covid happened could not come back to shoot anymore um, i had a i had a son so that delayed me co- from coming back to philly and then we had another uh, filmmaker who helped us out shoot some scenes in 2021 uh, or 20 maybe late 2020. But in 2021, when I sh- came up to go shoot our film Raven, I ended up shooting some scenes again for it. And then I finally, on my last trip back, which was uh, last December, I shot the last scenes for the movie. So okay. this has been like a four-year, three or four-year process of making this movie. So the funny thing about this movie is it's, it's no one has to take it serious because it's not going to be a serious film it's going to be very campy it's going to be like everyone's changed their appearance like 17 times throughout the whole thing you know because we've okay. done it over three years you know right. so it's it's going to be a really like jarring kind of visual experience on just certain elements you know maybe character wise but other than that the story's there and everything and um but this is for our people that we began this journey with so really our center city family um, because you know, people were so excited to be a part of this thing anyways. And when we started shooting this, we couldn't just stop, you know, we couldn't just throw it in the can. Uh, We worked so hard to even get the scenes we shot in the begin with. So we wanted to make it a reality and still finish it. So we're going to have like a big premiere for it in Philly. We're going to celebrate with our, our strange films family and our center city family and uh, it's going to be a really fun, goofy, goofy film. It's not going to be something I'm submitting to film festivals or anything like take it that serious. It's just going to be for our strange films family and to really enjoy. It'll be online, of course. So people can watch it. But that's going to be probably my next feature because it, we shot this footage. It'll probably, probably be like an hour, hour, 10 long, something oh, like that. Nice.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So the other <laughs> there's two more that I want to discuss. <laughs> First, thing right, is yeah. uh, Cindy's birthday party. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that was a lot of fun that, I mean, I know, I know it's, it's a very, it's very short. It's a short, obviously, but I know that you, you transition that into a comic book.
2: Yes. hmm
0: So I'm curious, did it continue the storyline or, and like flesh it out more or what, how did that go? How did, how did that come about?
2: Yeah. Um, not necessarily. I mean, Cindy's birthday party was um, a really fun experience and film um, came out really well. Uh, especially because especially it was the first time I worked with kids too so mm-hmm. that was really interesting but it's a it's a, it, as much as like people look at that film who are especially people who are not really big fans of horror or, or it's something like that they'll look at it and they're like what are you doing like this is, the kids are getting hurt in this film like, what is wrong with <laughs> you like, like I had my biggest accomplishment with that film was uh, last year when a, I got a really nasty email sent to me and it was a, a teacher named cheryl she sent me this long email and she was like i uh I, ru- I i teach a third grade class and it's the end of semester we don't really do much so i was put on youtube videos for my class while they eat cake or they eat food or something oh, like that no. and she's like and i put on cindy's birthday party not knowing it was a horror film oh god and <laughs> i and all you should have seen the You should have seen the kids' faces and and how scared they were and how petrified they were and all these things. It was like and she was like, "You should be ashamed of yourself." Like I can't believe they even put things like this on YouTube and all this stuff. And I'm telling you, I laugh my ass off. Like I'm over here laughing my ass off. As it is right now, so happy to get that email because first of all, Cheryl. like this 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 movie is clearly labeled as a horror film you know not maybe not necessarily with the title but the first 10 seconds you even put the put the film on it's got horror font it's got creepy music it's got a very unsettling tone right away and it's published by strange films what are you expecting (laughs) you know like what are you talking about and and also cheryl why are you putting on YouTube videos without watching them first and in, in a class? Yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> are you leaving them unattended and walking out too? man? It was crazy. But I, I tell you, I posted that email on Reddit and the film blew up, like got oh, like yeah. 3000 more views and stuff. It was great. So yeah. she gave me the best publicity for that film, which is so funny for me. But, uh, to answer your question, you know, that film was a very special project of us at the time. And, um, Right after, because it, it was doing well, we got picked up in a lot of festivals. We, we went out to L.A. with it and everything, too. And and um, me, my dad, and my um, my producer, Dan, at the time, uh, who helped produce that film, uh, we were sitting there at Long Beach, uh, California, and we were just like, I was like, hey, guys, I want to make a comic book because at right before that trip, I had this conversation with my brother, and I was like, we should make comic books out of our films. I mean, I mean, our films are kind of like, you know, inspired by Marvel and, you know, like world building universes, we should just make comic books out of them. That's what Marvel does. You know, with comics and movies and movies and comics, like we should just do that with strange films. And he was like, Yeah, strange comics. I was like, Yeah, it's perfect. So I was like, I want to make a comic book. And I think the perfect thing to do it with it would be Cindy's Birthday Party. Just make an adaptation of Cindy's Birthday Party into a comic so we can tap into the comic book genre and comic book audiences. So the adaptation is not like continuing the story. It's a straight up adaptation of the oh. of the movie. So gotcha. it follows from the very beginning of the movie to the very end. And it's uh, it's ten ten pages. I uh, at the time. So my artist, Tim Spivero, he's a great friend of mine. Um, he, he does a logos for me on Strange Films and he, he does all my comic books. Um, by the time I did a Kickstarter for the comic, uh, got overfunded in like six days and, and we ended up like doing the whole thing. We we uh, partnered up with a comic book shop at the time and made a variant cover, and we got it published. And I printed them all out. I sold out all of the comics at the comic book shop and everything. So it was a really, really awesome experience. Did the uh, so we printed out, we made that comic, we adapted Cindy's birthday party, and then that kind of inspired me to adapt more films into comic books. So I did an adaptation of our film Passenger, and then I did uh, an adaptation of. Uh, our film Pandora, but that, that one was kind of like, I'm just going to take the concept of Pandora and make it very more like fantasy adventure. And it's, so it's not really the film. It's just kind of the concept of Pandora, but that's kind of how it all started. It's not, it's, it's not an extension. It's just an adaptation, but it was great because we got to really, you know, get comic book viewers into our, into our world, which is cool. Yeah.
0: That, that, that particular short reminded me a lot. You're probably too young for this, but Mark might remember. Um, there was a TV show when I was <laughs> probably around Cindy's age in the film called monsters that my mom used to let me stay up and watch at night. And it was, it was short, little horror related stuff like that. And that, that reminded me a lot of
2: something you'd see on that show. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, people, it's a hit or miss for people. And I think it's just because of sensitivity with kids now these days, you know, but it's like, it, our stuff is inspired by like like stuff like what like you just referred to you know like old like 80s and 90s like like horror anthology kind of stuff you know like creep show yeah. or tales from the crypt or something just like just like it's supposed to be like one shot kind of bizarre scenarios and and getting monsters involved or and not afraid to pull kids involved or whatever i mean it's straight up like from the 80s i feel like and and people are i you know people get sensitive about that kind of stuff now and it's uh it's just interesting but i, I really that film that film was great. And it was such a family fair affair because everyone involved in that movie um, had their parent there, you know, like, and, and part of the film, you know, like Cindy and her Cindy, uh, she, the girl who played Cindy, her mom played the monster. And, okay. Yeah. And like Jonas, uh, who played the boy who gets eaten by the monster, his dad played the chauffeur and produced the movie. And How, how
0: hard was it to get him to sit still for that makeup though?
2: that um well the kids were kind of getting a little tired at this point you know right. like that was the end of the mo- the, end of the day we were shooting probably eight hours at that day and he was getting a little tired and i think a little cranky or whatnot and i think it was kind of like we kind of had to like you know keep him going at that point but he yeah. was he was a, i mean for being six years old i think at the time yeah. i mean god he was a champ i mean he, he did he did a great job yeah, he yeah. took it on. He, he was like, yeah, you know, okay. Like his dad was really great with them and, and whatnot. So he was like a little cranky at that part. But once he got it on and once we did it, it, it was all good. But it was, uh, it, yeah, it, I mean, you know, working with kids is one thing, but doing it for eight hours with them they, and they're kind of like understand what's going on, but maybe not really fully understand. That's right. kind of communication you kind of have to kind of go through with those, with those moments. So I'm going to move on to my favorite so
0: far from from what I've seen so far. Sure. Because this reminded me a lot. <laughs> so we'll go back a little bit. So Mark loves my stories about my mother. But <laughs> oh,
1: oh, hang on, hang on. Okay. you have to give a little bit of context about that too. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> That's already been published. It's out there for the world to know, sir. We're good. Um, so my mom, when I was younger, our our quality time or our bonding time would be watching horror movies and stuff. So she would come down, and we'd watch like Tales from the Dark Side, Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the Entity, yes. But <laughs> luckily, ago. August is young enough, he probably doesn't even know what that movie is. Mark. I don't
2: so actually, it, know.
1: It's, it's about a poltergeist raping a woman. From <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, a, it, and full graphic nudity and everything else.
0: Yeah, wow. So anyway, and, yeah. and Mark thinks that, you know, I'm I'm mentally fucked because I watched that movie when I was like... Oh, no, 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 know, no, no, not just because of that. No, okay. Oh, well, good to know. <laughs> so anyway, um, the subject...
2: Oh, that, Subject, the movie? Yeah, sub-
0: Subject is probably the my favorite short that I've seen of yours so oh, far. Oh, okay, cool. That's I it. I thought that was great. It was very reminiscent of an old Twilight Zone movie, and I Thank thought you. it was fantastic.
2: Thank you. Yeah, Mark, that's did you like see it? a deep cut, you know. Um that one really doesn't get talked about a lot. Um but it's got such a
0: great feel and I I don't know. It, it's very minimalist because I, you know yes. a lot of it takes place in one room mm-hmm. where where the 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 guy is being held captive.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, you know, I'll give you a little story on that. Um, So subject was, I I personally love subject. I I think it's, it's, it's an underrated film. I I, I think we did a really great job with that. Um, But so kind of how it came to be was I entered this competition for a local film festival called the two week twister. And it was, um, we had two weeks, just kind of like your 48 hour. You had two weeks to write, shoot, edit, produce, and, excuse me make a movie so um and we had to have like certain elements and dialogue and all these things to go with it so we 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 drew like uh having the line like do i amuse you we had like we had to use tinfoil in it we had to use like puzzle pieces and we had to use uh something else um makes but sense now. <laughs> yeah so certain like like three elements in a line of dialogue and it had to be under 10 minutes and all these you know all these crazy restrictions so you know start the fest I'm like, all right, what do we do? So I had a script written. Um, It was completely different than what that movie was. I can't remember at the time what it was, but it was a lot more ambitious. Um, I had the script written, and it, and it just didn't seem practical. It didn't seem logical, and no one really was able to do it or anything like that, so I scrapped it. So I got with my brother, who plays Tyler McKee, or Tyler McKee, who plays the, the subject guy. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I got with him, and I go, dude, I got to make a movie. I have like eight days left. It's <laughs> <was> like, so, <laughs> uh, you know, can we just like get in your apartment and film stuff? He's like, yeah, sure. So, cause he's, he's done, he's been in a lot of my films. Um, so, so I, uh, we get in, his, we get in his apartment and I was like, well, I just watched, uh, like movies like Suspiria and stuff. And I was like, I want to do like cool lighting and everything. So like, let's do like, let's have this concept of like this guy, like in his apartment, and he like is you know he tries every time he tries to do something he gets trapped or something like 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 something bad happens and he has to start his day over like kind of like a groundhog day effect right and i was like let's just do something like that so blue light means good red light means bad and and like he has to eat certain shit food and he has to do (laughs) certain things and he has to stay in like one room and um and then uh so yeah like we essentially got in his apartment. We hung up some like I went to the Dollar Tree and grabbed a bunch of different supplies uh, and some really bad, just the most disgusting food I could find. And I and I just grabbed all this stuff. I spent like ten bucks and I went back to his place and I, I we strung up all this like uh, saran wrap and I strung up or strung up these lights and all this stuff and, that, that and I was like, most, all right
0: that is the most unnerving sound when he runs his hand over that saran wrap. Oh my
2: god. Oh yeah yeah oh. that was. And, and i'm telling you like all this was improv there was yeah. no script there wow. was no script we were just like okay this is the setting what do we do so you know i had him like we started off in his bed and with the alarm clock going off and him hitting it kind of seeing what reactions he would do from there and then right. we would like go in the living i would follow him into the living room and kind of see what he did and like all those takes were all like improv like him like hitting oh, wow. the the thing and i was like okay yeah let's do that but once you hit it we'll turn on the red light like you're doing something bad and that makes you like and well and we had a fog machine so we're like and we'll like you know we'll knock you out that way it starts gas him over. so so like that you know all that stuff just like we probably spent like four or five hours just shooting like rent all those little things that you saw in the film right and then what happened was you know from that idea stemmed okay why is this all happening well because aliens are controlling him <laughs> which right. is such a left turn strange films kind of go you know yep. and uh, and and luckily my buddy Eric Jackson who did uh, makeup for my film passenger and he ended up doing makeup for the Lion Stand later on he was available he was ready to go he he loves working with me and i was like okay i've got like 3 days left for this thing are you available on saturday or friday to to get you know get in and do this little scene where it looks like you know these aliens are controlling this guy because we already shot all the apartment stuff at this point and um he was like yeah absolutely so we went in there we shot it and and that whole thing with the um, uh austin polly who did uh the alien at the end that was all improvised too there was no script ever for this oh, wow. entire film there was no script he just right off the top of his head and, and kind of doing those little mov- movements with the girls with the aliens aliens um that was all just kind of like oh let's just this is what we're going to do. And, and I brought my laptop with the footage I already edited with the, you know, with my brother. And right. I kind of had that clip playing on the laptop so they can watch and stuff. And right. that's just kind of how it started. That's kind of how it happened. I kept it very minimal. There was no music in it at all, yeah. except until the very end with the credits and, right. and uh, yeah. And, and we ended up winning best editing for that film, but we got nominated for like all the other awards. Um, and I'll never forget, like after we got, we won best editing and we, and I, uh, got done with the festival. One of the judges came up to me. She's like, she's like, you should have won best film for that for this uh you know competition. Wow. She's like, I loved your movie so much. And I was like, oh, thank you. I mean, just because for me it was like it was such a you know like off the cuff kind of production. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised how well it came out. And yeah. there are, and and when I hear people who actually really enjoy the movie, that makes me happy because. Um, working with my brother, especially is like one of the best things. So that's a, it's a fun film for me to watch. Yeah. And I do have to
0: say shout out to the, to the makeup because that, the, 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 be- the airbrushing and, and stuff on, on the aliens at the end was beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Eric is amazing. I think he worked on the walking dead at one point. Like he's oh, wow. an amazing artist, uh, makeup artist. So he's just, if you haven't watched passenger Alliance, then just check those films out and you'll see even, even crazier practical effects. Oh, I
0: definitely will. I definitely will. I, I didn't have a, a whole lot of time to finish, you know, stalking your YouTube channel, but I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mark, back to you, sir. Yeah, um, so uh, Jim did way more research than I did
1: because my life <laughs> has been a horror movie for about the last month and a half. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, you know all about it. Um, yeah. So, um, August, going, uh, going forward, what are your future plans, uh, aspirations, um projects etc what do you want to promote and who do you want to promote and uh what else do you want to talk about
2: yeah um well i appreciate you guys having me on again um i think this year is probably going to be a lot of growth as far as content goes and that goes way outside of the films um Hmm. i'm trying to do like different series and different like kinds of content where i'm i'm trying to actually help new filmmakers aspiring filmmakers and you know amateur filmmakers who are trying to figure out like why and how to be a filmmaker you know so like i'm trying to i'm doing a whole series of videos where i'm like breaking down every part of filmmaking in the process of it and why you should do this or you know or resources they can use to help them in their journey and stuff like that so I'm, I'm doing like i'm trying to bring a lot of value to the film community in general and outside of that you know me doing like tutorial kind of stuff or uh talking about these things like i want to support other filmmakers as well so we have a film festival we're trying to do this year Um, probably a virtual one just to kind of start and kind of get our name out there a little bit more and and kind of hopefully bring in filmmakers who are supporting not only the festival, but like Strange Films and then eventually the goal would be to do a physical uh, in-person festival you know, the next time around Um, but just doing stuff like that, interviewing I do a podcast Strange Films, the Strange Films podcast and we interview, excuse me, uh, we interview uh, filmmakers and actors and other creators and we get to talk about their careers and you know, their experience and and life and all these different things about it. So that's all kind of like my what I can bring to the film community just as much as I've gotten out of the film community. Um, But when it comes to like making films, um, I will say He Comes to Kill really inspired me to be able to make longer films. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to do like longer films and, and hopefully get to that 90 minute mark as far as a feature film goes. Um, so I have about three different films in mind that I'm trying to work on right now. Um, but you know, I, I, I kind of need to take a step back and I want to do a couple shorts beforehand because just cause they're good practice. And I'm, I kind of just want to film something in general. I want to do a found footage horror film. So that's kind of one of my next things I want to do. I've got a web series. I'm really trying to work on with my brother. Um, he comes to kill part two. That's the biggest, uh, you know, horror film. I probably want to work on as well this year. So stuff like that, and then um, yeah, I mean, just kind of really push content on YouTube and my socials. And you know, we we really push on uh, Strange Film Studios on YouTube, Strange Film Studios on Instagram. Uh, we're on TikTok. Uh, actually, my name August Aguilar on TikTok. And uh, but StrangeFilmStudios is really where you can find a collection. All of our work, everything that we've ever done, is on there. Um, but yeah, I just really try to invite people to collaborate with us and to uh to kind of give us a shot because I think we have a lot to offer as far as value goes and and hopefully uh can tell more stories and even cooler characters, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, I know that uh, myself and Jim go to a horror convention. We are both in Florida. Um have you ever put your any of your shorts or anything into you know, they do like short film uh competitions to any any of those sort of conventions or anything like that.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like we we submit to conventions and festivals all the time, all over the country. I mean, I've been to uh, one. Of, some of my films have been to Florida. Like, I think the last one was like Fan Phan- I don't know if it was like yeah. called Phantasm or something like that. Oh, There's yeah, like a that, horror. That's a newer yeah. one that just started. Yeah,
0: in we went to the last two years. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a newer one. I think we had Happy Mother's Day play there. I can't, I, um, but we we had a film play there. Um, you know, we're we've got. I think we think we're playing our film, he comes to kill uh, at our local convention here, Br- bride of FrankenCon um, this summer. Uh, I've been submitting that film to just the festivals in general, uh, across the country and whatnot. So really anytime I can find a convention or a festival that I feel like we're a good fit and that, you know, I can actually su- submit or, you know, apply to or submit to, then I, I definitely go for it. You know, it just kind of depends. You never, these festivals are all, it's all about the money, you know, up front and then you never know what you're going to get out of that as well. So, um, but uh you know it could not it's not guaranteed it's what i'm trying to say like you know if get if getting in or not so but yeah we're always trying to push but really i think just to help myself and my own sanity i'm just trying to push online as much as i can um just in case i don't get into those conventions or festivals jim yes sir any other questions
0: no i i think he's covered everything i wanted to talk about
1: okay um so, August, uh, towards the end of our podcast, what we do is a quick what we've watched over the last week or two. Um, so, if you want to hang around and uh, listen to what we've watched, and uh, you can tell us what you've watched, if anything. So, August, do you want to tell us some of
0: what you have watched?
2: Sure. Um, so, the biggest thing, and I've been actually talking about this a, a lot on social media, on my podcast, everything as well. But, I mean, man, I love it so much, I actually want to rewatch it again, is The Menu. Uh, it's so good. Um, I I love how like dark it is and how like, how much of like a kind of like a little bit like that comedy vibe in it as well. Like it's just like a dark comedy in a a way, but it's more like disturbing in a sense outside that. But I mean, the acting was phenomenal. The story I worked in restaurants for years, so that kind of really hit home for me as well in that sense. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the menu. I can't get enough of it. I I keep in, I've been recommending it to everyone I know.
0: That, that is a fantastic film. We talked about that, uh, I think a week or two ago when I first got a chance to see it and we both agree. It, w- it was fantastic.
1: It's like if Gordon Ramsey went insane. Yep.
0: and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that was great. Uh, I've been, I'm trying to catch up on a lot of the movies I haven't watched in 2022. Like, so I know like the next one I want to watch, like, Cause I finally have access to it, is everything everywhere all at once? Oh, um, oh, fantastic film! You will not be sorry. I know everyone keeps saying saying that to me, so like, I just got to get the time to like sit down and actually watch it. Yeah. So hopefully, one of the, one of these next nights I've got it free. But yeah, I'm. Uh, that's that's the movie I've been wanting to watch. I guess I guess really new movie wise, maybe the menu was the only thing I actually ended up watching. I I don't get as much time as I'd like to watch new movies, unfortunately, with the kiddo and. Staying busy and stuff, but that's fair. That is fair. Well, I'm definitely always up for recommendations. So, if you guys got some stuff that you just recently watched, I'd love to know oh, so so I so, can check out and put on the list. So, Mark,
0: one thing, one thing you might not know about August, and I know because
2: I was like cyber stalking
0: him doing research for this thing, is yes. It, yes. his favorite uh, genre would be horror comedy. Hmm. Yes.
2: You know you've been watching those TikToks or whatever. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Jim do
1: Jim, have something
2: to say about that.
0: No, I I really don't because honestly, I've not watched. Well, I will say I did watch Megan.
2: Oh uh, yeah, the last did you week, like that?
0: It was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. It was cool. a it was a fun watch. It, it really was.
2: Good, good. Yeah, I, I want to check that one out too. I'm a big fan of uh, Blumhouse films in general. So
0: yeah. What about you, Mark? Any 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 recent things you've seen that you want to recommend? Um. So I started watching The Last of Us.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I did watch Last of Us. Yeah, that's great. It's been and, awesome. Have you played the game? Oh, yeah, I watched part, I played part one, yeah. I played part two, but holy shit, man. It's oh, Uh, okay. I mean, so if you if you I'm assuming if you've played the game, then, you know, like, it's just like yeah. the way they've shot this series so far. It's just been like, right, you know, hand in hand. I felt like it's so good. I'm, yeah, it,
0: the recreation think, of some of the scenes was fantastic. I think.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think some of the changes that they made made sense.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, for for the format that it's in, and I, I think it's going to start kicking on soon. Um, you know, I think you know as you played the games, you kind of already know it's kind of go, going through, even though it's awesome. But mm-hmm. I'm waiting for it to really start kicking off soon because I think they're just yeah. introducing, hey, the, you know, here are you know, here are the bad guys, and here are the you know, this. <laughs> You know, the different monsters. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think the acting's phenomenal. I think the direction's mm-hmm. great. Um, I think the use of CGI is fantastic with the backgrounds.
2: Yes, so, yes.
1: Uh, again, it's, it's just out of the movie with the skyscraper, you know, on, on top of the other one. Yeah, that that was fantastic. I will say, um, The Last of Us Part Two, the game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is probably my favorite game. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it, it it will pull you emotionally um, like no other game. I don't yeah, know that I, I
2: like haven't it. played <laughs> it yet. I'm I'm excited to play it, and I just saw that Last of Us uh, got renewed for season two, and they said that it's going to reflect part two of the game. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's uh, I gotta I gotta try to play that before it comes out. Yeah, yeah
1: a lot of people won't be happy, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing sometimes.
0: Um, Jim, back to you. Do you have another one? Um, the so unless you're an audiobook fan, I really don't have any more comedies. Every, I, I watched um, Lockwood and Co., which is a new Netflix series, and okay. it, it's an English-based series about uh, teenage ghost hunters. And once you turn 18, you can no longer see or sense ghosts. So mm. the our, our only line of defense are kids from 13 to 18. It was it didn't land well for me, so mm. I, I didn't particularly care for it.
1: I feel that um, I feel it would be more interesting if it was just like dogs.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I did watch Teen Wolf the movie, which is new on Paramount Plus. Um, because okay. Ray was Ray was obsessed with the TV show when it was on MTV. Um, and it, it was good fan service. It wasn't great. Um, I watched a new show called The Wolf Pack, also on Paramount Plus, which stars Sarah Michelle Gellar, which is the only reason I watched. I I saw the first episode. I have to give it at least two more before I say I hate it. Mm. But so far, I'm not I'm not hooked. Okay. Outside I, I have, of uh... yeah, actually, there is there is one comedy you might like if you have access to Hulu. Sure. Um, yeah. It's extraordinary.
2: Extraordinary. Okay. It's an Eng-
0: I have been really enjoying British comedies lately for some reason, and I don't know why. Um, but this is essentially everybody in the world gets a superpower. Except one girl, and it's all about her life and how much it sucks because she has no powers. Huh? And, okay. and but it, it's done really well. And it's it's typical dry British humor, and I just think it's great.
2: I have to look into that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, outside of horror, I, I started watching that '90s show. I don't know if you guys are that. I saw a couple intense.
0: episodes. Again, I'm not hooked, but probably because I grew up in the '80s, so I like that '70s show more. Sure.
2: Humor. Sure. Yeah. Um. But, but it's was it was pretty, pretty terrible good so far. Yeah, i yeah. i I was having I was having some laughs in there. I like mm-hmm. it.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't I don't disagree. Um, I did watch a Netflix series called "The Puppet Master: Hunting a Con Man." That was blew me out of the blew my mind because the guy's on the loose and did it to more women after he got out of jail the first time.
2: That's a true crime doc. It is. Oh yeah, I love that. Okay. It is.
0: And I uh, I was quite surprised that he's he's still out and about and his latest oh, victim no. is still with him. Wow. Uh, I also started watching The Mayfair Witches on AMC Plus. That okay. is based on an Anne Rice book of the same name, and so far, it's done really well. It's dark, it's brooding, and it's just shot phenomenally. It's a beautiful, it's a visually a beautiful show, and I'm I, I'm really enjoying that one. That it surprised me a lot. Is it Vampire Zoom? It is not. It's witches. It's called The Mayfair Witches. Oh. Yeah, no it's vampires, not it, it? No, not yet. Good. It's just witches. Just you witches. Know, like the Mayfair witches. So it it basically takes place in the south, and it revolves around this family called the Mayfairs. Uh, mm. You know, as if that wasn't obvious. That's about all I know so far. You know, it's this girl's search for her birth family because she believes she was adopted. Turns out she wasn't. Her her aunt spirited her away from her mother and has been drugging her mother to keep her from using witchcraft and it's really well done. It's got Alexandria, Alexandra Daddario from the Baywatch movie. And normally I call, so this is going to sound terrible, but she's got these giant eyes and they're always dilated. So she always looks so intense. So I call her crazy eyes because she just looks like she could just freak out at any moment, but she's doing so well in this drama and, and being vulnerable that it really surprised me. Wow. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure, Mark. You'll have to refresh my memory, and you may not even remember. I watched this movie called Hypochondriac, and I'm not sure if I talked about it yet or not. I don't think so. So it's one of the only LGBTQ prominent horror films that I've seen, especially recently. And I got to say, it was not at all what I was expecting from the trailer, but I didn't hate it which is fan- is g- is yeah, good for me because classic, normally i hate them
1: classic for most people yeah yeah.
0: Typically. but yeah it was it was a good drama but it instead of being a horror film it was more about mental illness and not so much about horror mm. so i it, it it was a bit of a a bait and switch for me so i was i was a little surprised and then we move That's on it.
2: to my audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did you have a question, August? <laughs> well, no, I was just saying, that's the cool thing about, you know, films, you know, because you, you there's, it just feels like, you know, there's always like a new idea or a new twist or spin yeah. on it, you know, and I, that's why I love about making movies, you, know, you can always, even if like you're taking heavy inspiration from one idea, you can make it into your own, which is always right. cool.
0: Yeah, and I, I do agree. Like I said, I didn't hate it. I probably am going to have to watch it again to fully appreciate all of its messages and the tone and everything. Because I I was a little jarred by what I was expecting versus what I actually got. But I did not hate the movie. So, Jim, before you jump into your audio
1: books, I'll go over whatever. Sure. Okay, so uh, unfortunately I watched a couple of clunkers this week. Um, I watched uh, The Mutations, Jim. Have you heard of this? Mutations? No. (laughs) It's a 1974 movie with Donald Pleasance and Tom Baker in it. Oh. About Donald Pleasance. Um, trying to make um, plant human hybrids and there's also a freak show involved oh this although it was 1974 it felt like a 1964 movie this was slow boring the they had an extended um, piece where they sh- you know they have the freak show and you know they're, they're all being like brought out one by one on stage, which just felt like now it's just so cringe. Um, they copied the ending of uh, Freaks, Todd Browning's Freaks. Okay. Uh, but this was slow. Uh, Donald Pleasance couldn't save it. It it, it was just awful. It, it had to have been if he couldn't save it. So, so just skip that one. Um, I, I, <laughs> and I thought that was going to be the worst movie I watched all week um but just randomly um I, I put on um a found footage movie from 2012 called Amber Alert
0: okay never heard of it
1: so this is a movie about um three people who were you know they're they're making a video to send it in um to audition for like a reality show okay but as they're you know they they make like 5 minutes at the start where they're talking about themselves and da da da. da, da. Um, they're in the car driving, and they see you know one of the signs up saying "amber alert, look out for this type of car," and this is a license plate. So they see the car. Okay, that, that's interesting enough. Let's see where it goes. Um, an hour later, and it's just like the two leads are have just been screeching at each other in this car for for that length of time. And it's like, oh my god, like th- this is so much filling and it's so much padding and nobody's doing anything and it- it's making my head hurt. Like, stop okay. at each other, and they make so many bad decisions and stupid decisions. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and you know me, Jim. I try to find the positives out of movies. Uh, yeah, you're much you're much easier on movies than I am. So yeah, this, this is this one actively annoyed me. And, ah. you know, The reason why I kind of kept up with it, you know, it was rated eighteen plus on Amazon, so I'm like, oh, maybe it's like Megan is missing or something. Where the majority of that movie was kind of annoying, but like Dan was pretty disturbing. Okay, but this one, it it was just like the stupid people doing stupid things. They like, like I'll spoil it because nobody should watch this anyway. They eventually find the house where they, this guy has kidnapped this little girl. And they're going through the house. And there's, like, loaded guns there. And they pick it up. And, like, the guy's like, oh, my God, this guy's got guns. And they put the guns back down. And they start walking through this house. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Gun, <laughs> You're in this guy's house. Obviously, you know, and, and they do, like, the, the Silence of the Lambs ending. Where they're filming and then it's just he's shooting them, right? Okay, big right. wow. It was such a colossal waste of time. So let's let's move on from that. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched the, the 2001 Killer Elevator movie, Down. Eh. With Naomi Watts. Yeah. So th- this was a movie by Dick Mass. Uh-huh. Jim, are you familiar with Dick Mass?
0: No. <laughs> Or the director? No, no, <laughs> no. Either one, I'm, I'm not familiar with. Sorry.
1: Yeah, th- this was this was yeah, this was fun, goofy stuff. I mean, it, yeah, it's funny because it does take itself seriously, but then it doesn't. Right. Um, I mean, it's perfectly fine for a 19-minute movie. I guess it's a remake of his original, um, yeah, Dutch movie. It,
0: yeah, it,
1: it's totally fine. Um, I watched Pennywise: The Story
0: of It. I said I want to watch a, re- a documentary about the making of that movie. Like, so first I want I have a question: is it is it about the clown itself, or is it about the book, or the '90s movie, or the remake? No, it's all about the the making of the '90s uh, TV series. Oh, then I then I definitely want to watch it. Okay, <laughs>
1: it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's nothing surprising or outlandish in it. It's you know a, a possible hour and a half with you know some you know the bring back the cast, etc. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, the two other things that I watched um, real quick was on uh, were on Netflix, um, both documentaries. Uh, okay. The first one was called "Eat the Rich: The GameStop Story," I think it was called. Okay. Um, all about I don't know if you remember this or the short sales. Of it, the, yeah, the short selling.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I'm talking about how like internet changes things, and this generation's different. Right. I mean, that, that all came from a subreddit group who yep. decided to start buying game stock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, these hedge funds are just, you know, th- these are the worst sort of people who, you know, who are actively just wanting to, uh, you know, look at companies that fail and wish that they fail yep. to make money. Um, Jim, do you want to tell everyone about um, short sale?
0: No, no, I do not want to discuss finances. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Uh, But basically what short-selling is, uh, in a nutshell, means that um, say you buy a stock at $10, right? -hmm. Uh, The most you could lose is $10. If you short-sell it, you buy it at $10. If that stock goes up to $500, you owe $490, right? So you can lose so much more money. And it's just so funny that, you know... I think one of the hedge funds went out of business or something. But, you know, the, the banks backed them. And, you know, Robin Hood trading stopped trading and all this sort of crap. But it was an interesting one. Um, the other one was very quirky um, documentary, which I love, called The Pez Outlaw.
0: I saw that one, but I did not get a chance to put it on.
1: Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, this guy, he's just like a regular dude, middle America has some maybe mental issues, but um, you know he's just working a dead end uh, machinist job. Um, he one day uh, gets an idea about cereal boxes, right? And if you collect enough of the coupons on it, you get free stuff, right? So he would he would go and search out for all of these boxes and send it in. You would get like hundreds and hundreds of these free things, which he you know, would end up selling. Then he you find out about Pez, people were, you know, collecting Pez. Um, and somebody told them, hey, if you go to uh, Europe, to one of the factories over there, you can get stuff that's not released in the U.S. And this is, like, mid-'80s, I think. Right. Um, so you can go over there, and you can buy a whole bunch of stuff over there, come back to the U.S., and sell it at a, like, huge profit to all these collectors. Right. Um but it was just super interesting. That, it's a big recommend.
0: Okay. That's it for me. So I, I have three audiobooks, but two of them get lumped together because it's a series. Um, we'll start with Armageddon the Musical. <laughs> the first audiobook. book... Arm. Yeah, it's it's Armageddon the Musical. Audiobook. So, yeah, it's an audiobook. It's, um, it, it's a very dry British humor. Um, I guess sci-fi... Would be the best way to describe it because it's much like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where um, they have all these random characters that just do all this random shit and at some point Elvis has to travel through time with a sprout that that is magic that can bring him through time in order to save the world. Um, The first book didn't really hook me too much because you can tell it's written by uh, an English author obviously trying to write American characters that still use British euphemisms. So it kind yeah. of was a little, a little jarring, right. but then I did Armageddon, the musical 2 tagline. They came in, ate us. And it was phenomenal. It, it was funny. I was laughing out loud again. And I don't know if it's just that I got used to the style or if it actually improved, but they're both written by Robert Rankin and they're fantastic. Um, and then I just started the prof crop series. I bought the, uh, Audible books five through eight by Brad Magnarella. It's essentially about an urban wizard that is, um, lives in New York city. That is, it, it's a lot like the the Dresden files um, where he investigates with the cops and tracks down all these, you know, different supernatural creatures. And it's just a fun series. The best character in the whole series though, is Tabitha, the cat. She's a succubus trapped in the body of a cat. And she's just a fat, lazy house cat. And she's great. But and that's succ- it for me.
1: But hang on, it's a succubus. Succubus trapped in a cat. So so is a cat trying to hunt people?
0: No, no, it's just a fat lazy house cat. It just happens oh. to have a succubus trapped in its body. So what's the point in, in it being a succubus? She's just a catty house cat. There is it, nothing it's
1: like, it, it's like if it was a vampire cat but it didn't suck blood.
0: Pretty much, yeah. It it's just there but, to uh it's just mostly for for snarky comic relief.
1: Why aren't they always named Tabitha?
0: I don't know. But it, it she's a great character and then the narrator's awesome. So it, it's definitely one that I recommend if you're into audiobooks. And that's it for me. So August Thank you for sticking around with us. I really <laughs> appreciate that.
2: Um, yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys have a lot to uh, you know go over. That's, we do. That's great. Well, this is not
0: normal for me. Usually, my list is two or three things at most. So yeah. Gotcha. This this was a. I've been on vacation this week, so I was, oh, okay. I had cool. a lot more free time. Gotcha. Um, so August, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you?
2: Sure, of course. Uh, yeah, you can find us at strangefilmstudios.com. If you look up Strange Film Studios on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're at Strange Films Pod on Twitter. Uh, we do have the Strange Films podcast. It's on Apple and Spotify. So yeah, Strange Film Studios. Give it a goog. I'm sure you'll be able to find it anywhere. Um, but yeah, you know, my name is August Aguilar. I'm attached to all that stuff. So anywhere you find Strange Films, I'm sure I'm tagged on there and you can find me as well. Oh, yeah.
0: You Google yourself and you, you're you everywhere.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually Googled myself not too long ago, and I was like, holy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't expect it
0: to be so easy to find you when I Googled you, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot of this, by the way. A lot of <laughs> what? Looking for people on the internet. Well, only when I I have free time to do research, Mark. I'm not well, yeah, really yeah. a cyber stalker. Quote, quote unquote research. Research. Quote, quote research. unquote research.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm just waiting to get the Wikipedia page. That's my thing. That's my next goal. Well, you role. know you can write that yourself, right? Yeah, but I want someone else to make it for me. I want I want it to be like, oh, I'm on Wikipedia, not me. Oh, maybe. gotcha. Okay.
0: Hmm. So we'll probably have one up by tonight. Yeah, probably right. not. <laughs> not tonight. Not tonight. I have too many cups to make right now. But anyway. <laughs> August, thank you so much for all your time today. I really appreciate it. And please yeah. keep keep us in mind if you ever want to come on or, or have a project you want to pop, please feel free to reach out anytime.
2: For sure. For sure, I will. And I appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for uh, all the encouragement and everything. Um, definitely stay connected and feel free to reach out if I can help out in any way as well. So thank you guys.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much.